Welcome to the Gifters Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS online program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our next guest on the Gifters Podcast is Jeff Butler. Jeff is an international consultant, author, and speaker. He helps organizations build unstoppable multi-generational teams. You can find him on Forbes, Fast Company, and the TED Stage, or on international TV, and you can follow him at Jeffrey Butler. Jeff, thanks so much for being on Gifters Podcast, where your stories give to the world. Awesome. Great to be here. I love your description of unstoppable multi-generational teams. <laughs> I had to put some sort of uh, pizzazz on it, so I'm no. still sound like a good word. No, I, I like that a lot because so many people I talk to, they just all sound like the same. So I like the fact yeah. that you had a multi-generational team. And just dive into that and, and share with our listeners, how do you go about helping companies? Definitely. So when I was in college, so I went to UC Berkeley, uh, got a degree in computer science and that's sort of golden handcuffs because you have a lot of people who are graduating getting six-figure salaries like a friend of mine got an offer for 150k and that sort of continues but the thing is is when I graduated uh, I had the, the six-figure income job it felt great but I know about two weeks in there I hit this point where I'm like is this all there is you know the cushy job realizes that hey every two years if you get a three percent you know raise and that wasn't really my reality. So at 23, I built my first tech company called HD Data Provider. And from that step, then two years from that, I realized data is not my thing. Like, sure, I love data analyzing it, but looking at it every day is not what I want to do. And so it turns out that I looked at my goal list, what I wanted to do at 25 years old. Down that list, there was speaking. Of course, being a computer science dude, as you know, software engineers, the stereotypical ones are never speak, sit in the corner all day, and that was me. And I went to a Toastmasters meeting. You familiar with Toastmasters, Chris? Yeah, I started that 17 years ago when I first started my career, yeah, so I definitely... <laughs> I, think, I think everyone who goes into speaking like starts there just to get the how it feels to speak, and I went there. And I first time I spoke was at a table topic, so it's basically an impromptu one- and two-minute speech. Totally bombed, sat down, I said, oh my God, that was amazing. I want to do this for the rest of my life. <laughs> and I know like you wouldn't expect that. But so I said, okay, let's shoot for a big goal. I set a date of, okay, four months from now, I want to be on TEDx. And sure enough, four months later, got on TEDx and started speaking to companies on technology. And eventually someone came up to me. This is how it relates to the multi-generational ensemble teams. And they said, hey, Jeff, you're a millennial, right? Because at the time I was uh, 25 years old. Can you talk to us about how to, you know, how millennials think? And I said, sure thing. And so I came to the company and I did some research and I spoke to them about it. And eventually I found that there was a huge need in that space because the vast majority of people who talk about millennials are not millennials. That's like going to a foreign country and asking everyone who has not been there what the country's like. So people, go ahead. No, no, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were, you're interjecting there, but, uh, yeah. So I, uh, started helping out companies and went from there and eventually started my, started speaking in corporate about, uh, I think it's been 15 months ago and yeah, I've been booked like 50 times in my calendar just for this year. And the speaking rates are getting higher and higher. And so that's sort of how 
you know, I started off on this path and it's been quite a whirlwind because as you know, Chris, like when you first start out in speaking, it's like the wild west, like you make all sorts of mistakes. And so eventually I got away from just millennials. And I started talking about multi-generational, just teams in general and how to make work suck less, especially how to make a team unstoppable. So that's, that's how I got on that journey. And let's talk about that. So our listeners, let's say if they have companies, they want to have these unstoppable multi-generational teams. What, what do you think are some of the challenges that a lot of companies face when they have different generations in their workforce? Yeah, so the way I break it down is ABC, align, build, communicate. So biggest thing you find with different generations is the expectation of work. Sometimes that's how often you get feedback, 360 reviews versus every day, or maybe that is work ethic. Maybe someone wants to work from home a lot more who's younger than someone older. And the first thing that people need to do is understand, A, there's expectations that need to be consolidated into a general culture, right? Because that's the big thing that a lot of, especially larger organizations, startups don't really experience this as much. But the larger ones, as they try to bring in new blood to their organizations, face this quite often. Interesting. Now, you also, you grew up in Silicon Valley and your mother founded a few companies. So you have a, a unique perspective because people from around the world, I mean, I actually, frankly, lived in the Bay Area for a year. I, I'm from New York City originally, but I was kind of let down when I went to Silicon Valley, at least physically, because it's just like you drive down 101 freeway and it's just a lot of grass. So since you grew up there, why do you think that specific area breeds and creates such a fertile soil for all these companies like the Apple and the and the Instagrams of the world? Yeah, let's go a little bit into the Silicon Valley history. Um, to be honest, like I'm a Silicon Valley baby, third generation, uh, all the way back from my grandfather built his first company back in 1950. And yeah, parents were both Silicon Valley entrepreneurs. But the way that sort of started, and this is a very high level explanation that I heard from a Stanford professor talking about this, is that the way that it was fostered in terms of these very innovative companies was that back in the 1950s, when the tech world was very, very, very young. Um, the companies were extremely small compared to New York where they're, you know, financial giants, right? And at the time, if the tech companies that were very small were needed to survive, they switched from competitive to collaborative and they ended up communicating a lot more different ideas. And you eventually had a lot of these groundbreaking inventions that were done for very, very cheap that sort of exploded um, in terms of innovation. And it was that one main mindset that was from competitive to collaborative that really started to change the Silicon Valley back in the 1950s and 60s. And eventually that sort of perpetuated itself till now where you have, you know, companies that will put thousands or millions of dollars worth of code online and just tell the people use it for free because it fosters that sort of innovative perspective. Now, so the Stanford University, that was essentially the epicenter of all this meaning, like someone at Stanford no. University? or You know, I'm, I'm writing a new book and I was trying to get more of the history of like why Silicon Valley has like the um, perception that it does of the other world. And part of that was just looking at the history. And that was part of a keynote that I was listening to that I was diving into why did why is Silicon Valley so innovative. Yeah, because I know that when I read Steve Jobs' book with by Walter Isaacson, he talked about Stanford and how they created this again, this this uh, fertile soil. But so you're saying it wasn't just Stanford; it was just the no. It was someone at Stanford who was a speaker talking about this. Oh, who was God. also a professor there. 
God, so it wasn't be. Stanford. It wasn't the main thing. I mean, I'm from Cal, so I don't like Stanford by law. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not going to vote for them on that front. But yeah, no. It was but just there's facts and there's opinions, right? But I'm just curious from a, from a factual standpoint, the, the the history of it. You know, I'm just curious. You know, if if that's true, because I just heard some elements of that in in um in books. That Stanford was the core behind it. Yeah, I I, I thought it was. Again, I could be wrong, but I'm just curious since you are. No, in that I area. think those are. There's a little bit disconnected on there. Got but, it, got it, you got know, it. I, then again, like I haven't researched it that deeply. I more just brought up the story because that was something that was fresh in my mind about got Silicon Valley. Got it. We only have a few minutes left, but um. What are some things that you want to share with entrepreneurs since you have started your company, you did go to great school, you grew up in Silicon Valley, and you've booked a lot of speeches, which is great. So a lot of our clients and a lot of our listeners want to, want to know how. So like you, you first get approached, and then you take that getting approached to booking multiple speeches now. How do you go about doing that? Yeah, so <laughs> it's kind of funny because as much as it looks successful, I was telling someone this yesterday, for for every successful thing I do, I get rejected a hundred times. So behind the scenes, I actually have an elaborate team of about like eight employees, all from different parts of the world, that I sort of picked up on my journey. Like my main person who handles my calls, she saw one of my keynotes and had a VA company, virtual assistant company. And I said, Hey, you're an event planner. You know, this industry, we get along. Do you want to handle my calls? And the, what I would make a takeaway for a lot of entrepreneurs is, you can make, you can scale yourself in terms of your business for a very, very low rate if you know how to build a solid team. Yeah, that's awesome. And hence your your topic of an unstoppable. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's more like corporate oriented, I guess. Yeah, I guess unstoppable is a good way to play that. And that's great because you're you're a great example of how you know you can scale your business, you can do what you want and love and help people. So I appreciate you being on and get this podcast. How can our guests stay in touch with you, Jeff? Yeah, uh, you can follow me at uh, Jeffrey Butler. That's R E Y Butler at, on Twitter, or you can go to my website at jeffjbutler.com. Great. Thanks so much for your time, Jeff, and have a great day. All right. You too.